Alright, Jaywalkers. So, I did a thing. Um, I enjoy football. Professional more than college. And since the playoffs are happening, I thought I'd cover the protests of the National Anthem. I'm not gonna lie. So I wrote that part, and I wrote most of the intro, and then my Packers lost, so I'm a little salty. But, I'm gonna get through this anyway. Now, specifically I wanted to cover Colin Kaepernick's kneeling during the anthem and the way it impacted the NFL. Seasoned jaywalkers know the drill, but for my newbies, we're going to cover the history of protesting the anthem, some opinions on both sides of the aisle, we'll delve into the memeable, tweetable, shareable opinions that are usually pretty extreme, followed by my takeaways of what I've learned and my opinions after going through all the information. A bit of a side note, you might hear my washer and dryer, I'm not going to know until after and when I'm editing. I tried to get rid of the sound as much as I could. But the main company, Hidden Star, was at a couple of uh, cons. Uh, we were at Central Florida Comic Con, then day job all week, and then we were at Villacon all weekend. So, a little far behind. I hope it doesn't get in the way too much. I'm JJ, and I'll be your crossing guard this episode. As always, my sources are in the description. I try to keep free and open resources so I can be accountable to you all. I'm not above using Wikipedia, especially with the references at the end of their articles. As always, if you think I've missed something, that I'm wrong, or that you just disagree with any of my points, feel free to let me know at jaywalkthroughlife.com. Sorry, jaywalkthroughlife at gmail.com. Don't have any Facebook or Twitter or a website for this yet. I'm focused on actually bringing the content. We're going to dive right into the history. In 1892, which is frankly much earlier than I thought this history was going to go back, and that seems to be a consistent theme too, three black men were lynched while in police custody by a white mob in what would be known as the People's Grocery Lynching. At the time, there wasn't an official anthem. The de facto anthem was My Country Tis of Thee, and at a meeting of over a thousand people at the Bethel AME Church, when the pastor called for a singing of the Almost Anthem, the audience refused. One man is recorded to have said, I don't want to sing that song until the country is what it claims to be, sweet land of liberty. They sang John Brown's body instead. Ferdinand Barnett, husband of Ida B. Wells, called for a calm and measured response, but expressed his concern that that wouldn't always be the case should this kind of violence against black Americans continue. During World War One, refusing to stand during the anthem, and the actual anthem this time, Star Spangled Banner, was a way to protest forced conscription. That is, people protested the draft and being forced to be in the military during a time of war by remaining seated during the anthem. And saying seated was reported by newspapers to be an act of communism, socialism, or Bolshevism, uh, which are the same kind of boogeymen you, you hear about for these things today. It was so controversial at the time that remaining seated during the anthem could result in violence. Uh, there were apparently a couple of reports of people staying seated and small-scale riots breaking out in the stands. Now, between the World Wars, students at Haverford College in Philadelphia refused to stand for the anthem because they felt the custom was causing what they called rapid nationalism, uh, otherwise referred to as jingoism. In 1943, Jehovah's Witnesses won a Supreme Court case, so they can't be forced to stand either for the anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, as a religious 
First Amendment uh, concern. In the 60s, protesting the anthem was again in the mainstream consciousness. That sounded pretentious. Sorry. Uh, college athletes and students especially were known to set out the anthem to protest the U.S. involvement in Vietnam, the draft, and the renewed rise in jingoism. Some students were expelled or removed for their team, from their teams for this, and in one case, Judge Kennery ordered the reinstatement of two students in Columbus, Ohio, because forcing people to participate in what he called symbolic patriotic ceremonies is a violation of the First Amendment. Here's a favorite of mine. 1968, Jimi Hendrix starts playing the anthem with heavy distortion. Some people like to say he did it to protest the Vietnam War, but he said he was playing it the way America was at the time. He said the air is full of static, and so the song is full of static. November 1970, Kay Stevens refused to sing the anthem before a Steelers game, despite having sung it for them a week before, to protest the city spending tens of millions on a new football stadium while underfunding the drug treatment programs in the city. Of course, we can't talk about the history of protesting the anthem in the U.S. without talking about the 1968 Olympics. You've all seen the photo. Americans Tommy Smith and John Carlos, after winning gold and bronze respectively in a 200-meter uh, event, took the podium with Australian Peter Norman, all wearing human rights badges. The Americans, rather than putting a hand over their heart, as is customary, they raised black glove fists. Uh, for this, they were banned from the IOC. They actually, um, if I recall, this isn't in the sources, but they ended up losing everything for this. Also, in 1968, 14 black players were kicked off the U of Wyoming football team for wanting to wear black armbands to protest the racial slurs they endured during games, particularly against Brigham Young. At the next game against BYU, uh, in 1971, about 50 students wore black armbands and sat through the uh, anthem. Northern Illinois U turned some heads in 71 themselves. The black student body would refuse to stand during the anthem for basketball games, which was picked up by other university basketball teams, including UCLA, whose protests were started by a man named Lou Alcindor, who you may know a little bit better as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So two Americans were banned by the IOC again in 72 when they talked during their own medal ceremony rather than standing at attention. Their uh, banning actually caused the U.S. to forfeit a later relay. So we're going to jump ahead to the 90s. Get your Ashley washer jeans out. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Yes, the one that called Pope John Paul II evil for covering up abuses of minor and got uh, booed off the Saturday Night Live stage, and she was later proven right, was supposed to perform in New Jersey. She threatened not to because they were going to play the national anthem, which she refuses to allow before her shows. In her own words, I sincerely harbor no disrespect for America or Americans but I have a policy of not having any national anthems played before my concerts in any country, including my own, because they have nothing to do with music in general. I am concerned, though, because today we're seeing other artists arrested at their own concerts. There is a disturbing trend towards censorship of music and art in this country, and people should be alarmed over that far more than my actions. The next night, Frank Sinatra said he wanted to kick her ass over it. 
A senator from New York said that people shouldn't attend her show in Saratoga because she's whining about censorship, but she's trying to censor the national anthem by refusing to perform it. Uh, to perform if it's played. The venue uh, opted not to play the anthem before the show. 1996, Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf of the Denver Nuggets boycotted the anthem before games due to anti-Islamic rhetoric. He was suspended and even got death threats for his actions. Meanwhile, there's nothing in the article about what happened to his uh, Seattle Supersonics contemporary Sam Perkins, who stood away from his team and prayed during the anthem instead because he was a Jehovah's Witness. In 2003, two college women's basketball players refused to face the flags during the anthem due to increasing tensions with Iraq and the war in Afghanistan. Now, into the 2016 protest, which is what I was talking about in the intro and the catalyst for the episode. Colin Kaepernick protest. In the third of four preseason games in 2016, Kaepernick remained on the bench during the playing of the national anthem. He said he was protesting police brutality, specifically against black Americans. When another player, former Green Beret Nate Boyer, penned an open letter to Kaepernick, they connected through the players' union, and Kaepernick decided to kneel during the anthem in order to be more respectful in the way that he protested. The kneeling got a lot of notice, it also got a lot of pushback, and it spread. Some athletes spoke against it, coaches and team owners threatened to cut anyone doing it, and as many of us remember, the news went wild with it. The President of the United States even spoke on the matter, and some of the games even stopped broadcasting the playing of the anthem entirely. Uh, a weird aside here, and I'm not looking for the article, but if somebody finds it in the Northwest Florida News uh, archives, I'll go back and link it in the description, but I seem to recall an uproar from my high school when even players from that deep red school knelt during the, the anthem. Not gonna lie, like I said before, there's a lot more history than I expected here. I figured there'd be some stuff maybe as early as the 50s. We all knew the 60s and 70s were gonna be uh, kind of popping on this. But to have protests recorded before we even had an anthem, like an official national anthem, was a little surprising, even though it does feel kind of perfectly American, doesn't it? Now, before we get into the meat of the opinion pieces, I actually found a pros and cons list through the Encyclopedia Britannica's website. They apparently have it up for educators, so I wanted to give you their top three of each. Uh, so they've got pro. When one believes the United States is not living up to its ideals of freedom, liberty, and justice for all, kneeling during the national anthem is appropriate and justified. When a national figure, such as an NFL player, kneels during the national anthem, it shocks people into paying attention and generates conversation. And kneeling during the national anthem is a legal form of peaceful protest, which is a First Amendment right. Con. Kneeling during the national anthem shows disrespect for the flag and members of the armed forces. Kneeling during the national anthem is an ineffective and counterproductive way to promote a cause, and kneeling during the national anthem angers many and sows division in our country. If you, like me, think that I've said the word anthem a lot today, you're not wrong, but also it's going to get said a few more times, like a lot more. Buckle up. With all that in mind, we're going to head to the Washington Post for the first opinion. The U.S. Soccer Federation has changed its policy of requiring players to stand for the anthem in the wake of the George Floyd protests. They were right the first time. Now, should athletes be allowed to use their platforms to protest racism? Of course. Weston McKinney wore a Justice for George Floyd armband during a match in Germany. 
If leagues want to allow a moment of silence or a chance for players to kneel before the anthem, that's fine. But the anthem and the flag represent the ideal of equality that America stands for, not the people that have failed to live up to those ideals. Taking a knee isn't protesting racism or injustice in the country, it's protesting the country itself. Rather than objecting to an evil in America, you're saying America is itself evil. You're saying that America is racist, despite having majority voted for a black president twice, and that the military and flag are symbols of oppression. If you don't think this is true, look at Kaepernick's history. He made Nike pull an American flag-themed shoe, calling it offensive. He also accused the U.S. military of attacks, terrorist attacks on black and brown people and tweeted that American militarism is the weapon wielded by American imperialism to enforce its policing and plundering of the non-white world. Kneeling during the anthem is an agreement of those statements, which oppose the whole not protesting the military angle. It's your right to protest, even to kneel during the anthem, but you don't get to be surprised when people take offense to the gesture. Many of them fought for that flag or lost family fighting for it. They beat back Nazis, communists, and terrorists, liberated concentration camps and gulags, and fought tyranny. And they're the reason you have the freedom to protest. When you protest the flag or anthem, you by definition protest them. It's one thing for pro athletes to do this, but no one should be allowed to be on Team USA representing the country and protesting it at the same time. It feels like not only will the protests resume as sports come back, but not protesting won't be an option. Drew Brees, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, said that while he stood with his teammates in the fight for justice and equality, he also stood with his grandfathers who risked their lives for this country, and the millions of men and women who have done the same and continue to do so. People came for him, with one of his teammates telling him to shut the F up. He wasn't censored, but... I'm trying to keep the clean rating for right now. So much for freedom of speech. America is far from perfect, but for all our flaws, we are the only country in human history that was built on an idea, the self-evident truth that all men are created equal. We have not always lived up to that ideal, but the American flag represents the ideal, not those who fall short of it. And it represents the sacrifice of courageous men and women who fought and died to preserve its prom promise for all Americans. Find a way to honor George Floyd without dishonoring them. It, it's a big problem, and it's a problem that's kind of close to my heart. So he says they're not protesting the anthem, as they continue to inform us. They're protesting the ways police and the criminal justice system are treating our African-American citizens, like the author and his family. In his own words... I'm grateful for the t player's decision to take a knee, because when many people set eyes on me, the first thing they see isn't someone who may have missed his sister's wedding, lost his father, and buried several friends during his tour of duty. They don't see a former combat medic who risked his life for their country, or a man whose seven years of honorable service didn't include a moment to grieve. Instead of a veteran, they see a black man first and foremost, and in two 2014, police saw a potential criminal. A couple years after leaving the army, he went back to school to try and get into local policy and reintegrate fully into civilian life. During his daily commute to City College of New York, wearing his usual shirt and tie, NYPD officers stopped him and said he matched the description of someone who had committed a crime. When he asked what crime, they told him he would have to call the station to find out. When asked the description he matched, black guy in a shirt and tie. 
They frisked him against a wall in the station. Then when they pulled his out, ID out and saw he's a veteran, they stopped the search and told him to have a nice day. It's easy to dismiss the report as a one-off, but it's been widely reported that these stop-and-frisk policies took place primarily in poorer neighborhoods, and the stops were most often black men. Stop-and-frisk was ruled unconstitutional in 2013. New York still shows that black people are eight times as likely to be arrested than white people for low-level and nonviolent pot offenses, even though race isn't a factor in whether or not people will use it. Tragically, New York City isn't a standalone here. Study the author links shows that across the country, black citizens are more likely to be shot by police while being less likely to be armed at the time. The author says he joined the military to keep his family safe in the wake of 9-11. But that service hasn't kept them safe in their own backyard from the people that are supposed to protect and serve their communities. So yes, he was proud of Colin Kaepernick and Ed Reed and the other players kneeling to try and bring awareness of this issue outside of their community. The players aren't disrespecting veterans by kneeling. The Bro Brooklyn VA hospital has been shutting down services and forcing vets to get care elsewhere. That's disrespectful. Veteran funds and grants struggle to stay funded. That's disrespectful. If you think bringing the issues of racist policing to light are disrespectful, you should take a look in the mirror. For the author, he just wants people to respect him as both a black man and a veteran, whether or not he's in any kind of uniform. He fought for this country abroad, and these players are fighting for him here. Alright, now that we've done the serious part, before we get into the extreme meme opines, patent pending, a word from the New Yorker. A player protesting racial injustice is permitted to kneel during the anthem, provided that he demonstrates a vertical posture, that his left knee maintains a minimum angle of 180 degrees, and his right knee maintains a min minimum angle of 180 degrees, i.e. standing. If the kneeling slash standing player chooses he may further protest by placing his right palm just a smidgen to the right or left of his heart in order to represent the smidgen of discord separating our great nation from racial harmony the whole article is like that and i laughed so it's linked in the description with the sources to address the elephant in the room former president trump did give a statement that the nfl owners should fire any sob I'm trying to keep it a little clean here um, there's not to stand for the anthem. We know that he, that wasn't the tack they took, but amusingly to me as a sports fan, this is a man that's banned from NFL ownership trying to tell NFL owners what to do with the teams they already own. One I saw quite a bit from vets and their families that I know, with a trigger warning for suicide. 22 veterans a day die by suicide, but kneeling during the anthem is disrespectful. Now, this is basically correct, by the way. An average of 22 military veterans die by suicide every day. If you're wondering how it's so high, remember we still have living World War II vets, and you can lose that fight any time, to put it bluntly. You actually see a lot of this kind of thing when you're involved in the military or veterans community, where uh, hospitals are stopping services or making you travel hours to a different hospital because insurance for veterans often only covers or mostly covers treatment in official VA facilities. There's still a lack of VA services for mental health throughout the country. Taking a hard turn away from that because I feel a rant brewing. Uh, there are several memes involving various civil rights protests of the 60s saying no pro form of protest has been, ever been acceptable. Not much to say about this one except that it's 
pretty true. I mean, a good protest brings up something uncomfortable that not everybody necessarily agrees is a problem or needs to change. So the people that aren't affected by the issue, or even benefit from it, would rather not be confronted with the ugly part of it, right? Then there's the liberal logic meme, where a praying Tim Tebow is on the sidelines in his football uniform, labeled disgusting, and uh, Kaepernick sitting on the bench with a towel draped behind his neck is labeled First Amendment hero. I'm going to be blunt here. Both are covered by the First Amendment, so it's kind of disingenuous. Like, it feels wrong to pin them against each other in this. The other thing, and I don't remember... Uh, the, the other thing, I don't remember people talking smack about him praying. I'm sure people have been saying uh, praying on the sidelines without fuss. I do remember the jokes about how heavy-handed he was with his visible religion. Personally, I feel like if he went to a Christian college, his eye blacks with Bible verses and such wouldn't have made much impact. Maybe I'm misremembering a little off-base, what have you. Um, I saw in another meme that Tebow was protesting abortion when he knelt, but I don't have a good source for that. Um, if you know, or, I mean, if you're Tim Tebow, feel free to chime in. Another meme I've seen thrown around is that anthem protests ruined ratings for the NFL. According to every sports report I watched on the subject, ESPN, Fox Sports, NBC Sports, and the shows they host, uh, that's not really true. While cable numbers are down, that's par for all cable entities right now due to cord cutting and streaming platforms, which have reportedly picked up the slack for the cable numbers. Now, finally, before the takeaway, the ideal that Colin Kaepernick has too much money and was adopted by a white family, so he doesn't have the right or understanding to protest police brutality against the black community in the U.S. Yes, his family is white, but he is still black. His skin color is the mitigating factor in how police interact with him. I was actually watching a show on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman a while back, and Stephen recounted what happens if and when he's pulled over. He grabs his paperwork, puts it on the dash or his lap, pulls down the window, and puts his hands on the wheel so that the officer doesn't see him looking for his paperwork in the glove box and assume he's reaching for a weapon. He answers the officer simply and respectfully and only takes his hands off the wheel to hand over the paperwork. Often, one of the officers will realize who he is and relax a little, and in doing so, it allows him to relax a little. He still keeps his hands up and visible at all times. Also, yes, Kaepernick has money, but money doesn't stop a bullet. If it did, Biggie Smalls and Tupac would still be alive. Even short of a bullet, money doesn't stop someone from deciding that you're dangerous. So, the takeaway. Like I mentioned above, I know several veterans. My dad served over 20 years, as did his dad and stepdad. I was raised on and around bases. Most of the veterans I know have told me they fought to preserve the First Amendment, and that includes protests. My dad actually said that he didn't serve for the flag, but what it represents. A friend of mine who was in combat several times said the protest isn't what bothers him. It's all these people who want to infantilize him and people like him and try to baby their feelings, even tell them how to feel after letting them sign up and ship out to die as basically children. That's the censored version. Like I also said earlier, I'm, I don't know, if you guys are, are more okay with the explicit, again, let me know. Um, I don't feel like I've lost much except maybe in this episode. After all this, I'm still okay with the protest. 
what I don't understand is why we require the anthem to be played before athletic and artistic events. It feels a little like forced patriotism, which is a little completely opposite of what I feel America is supposed to be about. Oh, I feel kind of like that woman in American Horror Story cult. The one who stands up to Guy at the city meeting and mocks him a little as a reactionary before declaring that she's going to be a write-in candidate. Protesting the flag and anthem didn't just spring up from the knee of Colin Kaepernick, nor did the issues that he's bringing up. And if you're so in love with the flag and anthem that any dissent or protest makes you angry, I invite you to go to somewhere like China or North Korea or the first grade, where you're required to stand at attention or whatever. Um, as for what's actually disrespectful to veterans and the armed forces, telling them how to feel about this. Only bringing up only homeless veterans when you want to fight against refugees. Only bringing up veteran services to tear down the idea of services for the poor and disabled. Trying to fight against things like medical care or college or trade schools being paid by taxes because people had to sign up for the military for those things in the past. Alright, so... I don't have a great segue into this. Um, writing this hit a nerve into me. I, I think you could all kind of hear that a little bit. So, plus, I've, segues just weren't my thing this episode to begin with. Um, I changed some things up with how I write these. I thought I sounded a little stilted before. Let me know if you notice a difference or if you prefer one way or the other. I just, I found it a little difficult to write how I talk. And I'm trying to be a little more me I, I this isn't supposed to be a lecture this is supposed to be more like a, a conversation I'm kind of like the know-it-all friend but I can still learn and I'd love to hear your perspectives on things or your ideas for future topics um, I want us to be able to have the hard conversations in a friendly respectful manner uh, if You've got those tips, tricks, ideas, uh, agreements, disagreements. They will all gladly be taken at jaywalkthroughlife at gmail.com. Um, like I said before, no social media just yet. I'm trying to make sure that I'm just putting out good content reliably for, for all my jaywalkers out there. And then when I get a little bit better with that, we'll, we'll actually have an online presence. Um, next month, going to cover the new infrastructure bills. I have no idea how long it's going to be, or how doable, but it'll hopefully at least be as interesting as getting drunk and watching C-SPAN. So until next time, Jay. Before I go, I'd like to thank my partner in crime, the love of my life, and my co-creator, Lachey, for putting up with me and helping make this and all of our other endeavors possible. And as always... You can add to the conversation via email at jaywalkthroughlife at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time.